Welcome to the Going Coastal Podcast, the newest addition to the American Shoreline Podcast Network. This show is hosted by the Students and New Professionals Chapter of the American Shore and Beach Preservation Association. I'm Heather, and my co-hosts are Marissa and John. Today, we'd like to introduce you to the podcast, what we're about, who your hosts are, and what you can expect from us in the future. Episode one, talking into a microphone for the first time, first podcast ever. How are we feeling? Stoked. This is going to be interesting. This will be fun. Yeah, it's a train wreck uh, in progress, but we're going to have fun with it. Um, So like Heather said, uh, we'd like to introduce you to the podcast this episode. Um, To get us started, let's first talk about what the students and new professionals chapter is. Um, John, would you like to kick us off? Sure, I'd be happy to. Uh, I guess the reason that I'm talking about this is that I think I'm the oldest and I have the most experience here. So uh, I'll give you a little bit of a history about the the student and new professional group at ASBPA, um, kind of how it became how it came about, and uh, you know some of the goals and things that we hope to accomplish with this group and and through this pro- this podcast. Um, so I've been a member of ASBPA for going on two decades now, um, and I've been on the board for uh, probably about 10 years. And, you know, one of the things I think that kind of pushed the student and new professional groups uh, forward is, you know, at some point, I think everybody looked around on the board and, and, and realized that we had this, this, this older group of, um, you know, mostly older guys, you know, sitting around, uh, you know, talking about these coastal issues and, we realized there was this need for, you know, energizing. We needed energy. So we needed, we needed students. We needed younger people to get involved. And, um, you know, I forget who it was, but, you know, the, the suggestion was, you know, we got to find ways to, to, to engage the students and young professionals. And so ASBPA started out with a number of different things. They created student chapters, and you'll hear more about that in one of our later podcasts. They created the Stevens uh, student chapter. Um, and lots of different ways for students to get involved with the organization, learn about ASBPA and what we do. And uh, yeah, so we started down this path and, and invited, you know, students to young professionals to the conferences and, you know, ultimately uh, decided that, you know, in order to kind of create a forum where uh, these younger uh, members could, you know, talk about common issues and um, uh, talk about things like graduate school and transitioning into industry and what it's like to be a young uh, coastal engineer um, that we would create this, uh, well, this, this group originally. Um, and they, thus the student and new professional uh, group within ASBPA was created. And then uh, more recently, uh, you know, we've had a number of really great um, people involved with that student and young professional group. Um, decided to take on the task of turning that that group into an official chapter uh, of ASBPA. Um, so officially, um, and Marissa might know the, the answer to this, but uh, I think as of this year, uh, the student and new professional group became a chapter within ASBPA. Um, and, uh, and that's our, our one-stop shop um, for sort of all things related to students and young professionals um, within the coastal profession at, at, at ASBPA. Um, so we're looking forward to, as a part of this podcast, um, talking to you more about the student and young professional group, uh, the chapter, and um, you know some of what some of the the, the awesome initiatives that the, the chapter has been involved in. Um, if you've ever been to an ASBPA conference and you've participated in any of the social events, more than more than likely it was 
organized by the student and young professional group. Um, you've certainly seen the students and young professionals running around helping at the conferences or the coastal summit. Um, you know, so they're doing a lot of, we're doing a lot of great, uh, great work through that student and young professional group. Um, and hopefully we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk to you about all sorts of issues relevant to students and young professionals and about the activities that the chapter is undertaking. Awesome. I had uh, no idea, one, that you have been involved in this group for so long, uh, hat off to you. And two, I had no idea of its original origin. I mean, I only just joined a couple years ago. Um, only after I finished my master's did I join as a one of the new professionals in this sort of coastal field. So that is exciting and good to know. Yeah, like like I said, I'm I'm, I'm old. That's, just, that's that's all that that means. <laughs> <laughs> More, it's it's experience, you know. I like the way you put that. Yeah, Heather, when did you get involved with S and P? Oh gosh, yeah. So I was just uh, thinking about that and trying to, you know, go back into time. Um, I want to say that I really started back in 2011. So it's been quite a bit <laughs> of time for me, turns out. <laughs> um, I really started as um, like a recent graduate and new professional, uh, and then eventually went into a PhD program. And so I'm now kind of in both worlds of, um, you know, being an emerging professional, but then also um, a current student as well. So, Marissa, what do you, uh, just out of curiosity, what do, you know, you've been involved with SMP for a, a good amount of time now. What are, what are, what do you, what do you, what does SMP do for you? What is, what, what is, what's the benefits been to you? Um, well, in my minimal four years over here, I'm a baby. Um, I've really enjoyed SNP because it give, puts me in contact and keeps me in contact and connection with the coastal community. Um, I'm not fully immersed in all things coastal since I'm not sitting in a, I'm not in an official coastal position, but I do want to stay. My research interests are in coastal. So being connected to that community, meeting people from across the nation, meeting students, meeting older professionals, mid-level professionals, new professionals has been really beneficial for one, understanding the field and research interests or needs um, across the coastal community in a variety of different um, areas. So learning about or hearing about coastal policy, beach management kind of things, they're all unrelated to my field specifically. So it gives me a broader perspective about everything that goes into working in a coastal field um, in different ways in different levels of either local or federal government within the universities themselves um, and learning about what the students, what our future coastal engineers are working on too and the, and the challenges that um, they're trying to provide solutions for is really great. So I've really enjoyed my time here. I've been to a few ASBPA conferences and I immediately joined SMP to start helping out because uh, I thought that was a great way to get involved, stay involved and, and feel like I'm contributing back to ASBPA, all that they do, and supporting their initiatives um, and and their mission. Well, I, I can tell you, I, I, certainly, um, my my first experience at a, at an ASBPA conference. Um, actually, I can't tell you exactly when it was, but it was when I was in graduate school. So it was right around 
2003 or so, maybe actually a little earlier than that, I mean, 2002, let's call it, right? Um, and one of the things is I was at a, it was, it was the first conference I went to as a graduate student. Um, uh, my advisor at the University of Florida sent me out to Portland, Oregon. So literally all the way across the country, um, West Coast, uh, actually at that point, I don't know if I'd ever been to the West Coast. Um, and so I go out to this ASBPA conference and I get there, my, my advisor actually didn't come with me. So I, I land and I, you know, attend this conference and I'm there and I, I'm, I'm sort of all by myself in this environment and I'm meeting all of these, what I considered famous academics. And uh, <laughs> I remember, you know, like the sheer fear uh, is the way to, is the best way to put it. Uh, the intimidation of being in this environment surrounded by all of these like luminaries and, um, and, you know, at that point, you know, I, I didn't really have, I didn't really have any connection with anybody at ASBPA and, you know, ASBPA is one of those organizations that's, that's great. They, they, all of the members are extremely welcoming. Um, but at the time there was no, there was no younger group. So like I, I had to kind of find that out the hard way. Um, in hindsight now, thinking about that experience and thinking about how, what a group like the students and, and new professionals might've, you know, how that might've eased that transition and, you know, made that experience that much more memorable and inviting. Um, you know, to me, like in hindsight, that's, that's one of the things that I see as, as a, as a big benefit of this, uh, of this chapter is, um, you know, just kind of easing that transition, um, surrounding yourself with people that, you know, are having similar experiences, um, you know, just being able to be a part of that, like younger community, um, having somebody to talk to about these types of things, um, you know, and that connection, I think, would have been, is something that you know. Again, it's a great part of what I think this this, this student and um, new professional chapter uh, brings to ASBBA. Absolutely, that's a great point. So, um, how can people um, new to the field, new to joining, newly graduated, or newly in a coastal field, how can they get involved with S and P? So I think, you know, certainly they could reach out to any of us, the, the hosts of the show, that's certainly one way to do it. Um, you know, I, um, I, my, my, my social media is at, at Stevens Coastal. Um, uh, that's, it's Instagram, Twitter, et cetera. Also have a website, stevenscoastal.com. Um, that's one way to get in touch, but, um, you can also get in touch through the ASBPA website. Um, there's a link specifically for the ASBPA student and new professionals group. And there's a student and new professionals Facebook page. Um, so any of those ways is, is, is any of those um, mechanisms is a good way to get in touch. I think with um, either us directly as the hosts of this podcast or, uh, you know, just more generally to the, the student and new professionals group within ASBPA. Perfect. I uh, hope everybody's able to find that, find those websites um, and the Facebook page well enough. Um, so like John said, you can always contact us and we can put you in contact with the S&P chairs, Taylor Zimmerman and Eve Eisman as well. Um, they're the, our president and vice president um, of the S&P. So you learned a little bit about uh, S&P, what we are, what we do, how you can get involved, what it means um, to, to at least John and me, Heather, we didn't um, get your uh, input there on on what does S and P bring to you and what does it mean for you? Oh gosh, so I mean, I I definitely feel like um, I totally relate to both of your answers. Um, just to keep it short and sweet, uh, for me, you know, I 
especially being in coastal planning and policy, um, you know, it's a very, in my opinion, small field. And so, you know, we're, I think, a pretty small community. And so the networking aspect um, with others like you uh, both is just extremely important, especially when those of us that do coastal work tend to be a little siloed um, from elsewhere in, you know, similar areas of our professions. So um, the networking piece and the professional development piece is, I think, really critical. Um, And then, you know, always learning about best practices and, you know, the innovative research that's coming out of our uh, coastal universities is uh, pretty invaluable. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, so while we're, while we're chatting about your background. Um, let's learn a little bit more about your kind of work. Um, so what ex- what's your title? What do you do and, and where do you work? Yeah, sure. Um, I am a professional coastal planner and policy specialist. Uh, I currently, my full-time job is working for the Oregon Coastal Management Program. My technical title is senior planner and coastal policy specialist. Um, but I'm also um, working on my PhD at Texas A&M University, and will be getting my degree in urban and regional science. Um, and so, as far as you know, what I do uh, from the work side, uh, I get to work with um, local communities, provide assistance to local communities with planning activities, writing model ordinances, providing you know general technical assistance. Um, In addition, I get to help the state of Oregon with creating and implementing coastal policies, reviewing federal activities for consistency with those policies. And then um, one of the most exciting things for me is I get to work on state initiatives that relate to climate change adaptation and mitigation on the coast. Um, And then with all of that, uh, you know, actually it does include performing research to actually inform the development of policy and, and uh, you know, program direction for, you know, those different initiatives. Um, I'm sure there are many others that I can't <laughs> that I can't think of right now, but that's a pretty good snapshot. Yeah, that's great. Um, have you always uh, been out on the West Coast? No. Are you uh, you an or- Oregoner? <laughs> I am not. Um, I always joke around with with my friends and colleagues that I'm a climate refugee. Um, I'm actually from Texas, uh, born and raised a Texan. Um, I, I was technically born in North Texas, but I consider myself to uh, have grown up in Austin. Nice. Do you like, uh, I take it you like Oregon much better than Texas? Oh, I love Oregon. It is, um, it is fantastic. The weather is great. Um, even though I feel like, you know, currently we've had some pretty unprecedented weather with very little rain and lots of sunshine, I am not complaining. <laughs> no, of course not. I was going to say, did you say you enjoyed the weather in Oregon? Yeah. Well, I mean, so sometimes summers in Oregon are amazing. Um, you know, it can get hot during the day, but, you know, lots of sunshine. And then at night it cools off and it's, you know, very comfortable, um, you know, compared to Texas. Uh, 
you probably don't want to open your windows during the summer. Um, you know, we do have the rainy season, but you do get used to it. And uh, those that's why those uh, therapy lamps are, are so helpful. <laughs> you know, you know, it's funny. I had a, 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 a colleague in grad school that, uh, that was from Florida, the East coast of Florida, grew up in what many would consider the, you know, like almost the perfect environment, you know, along the coast, you know, not too hot, not too humid, like a lot of Florida. Um, after grad school, she ended up working for the the Portland district of the Corps of Engineers. And I would tease her about the weather. And she said the same thing. She's, she's like, you know, actually, I really enjoy, I really enjoy the weather in Portland. So here's somebody who went from what you would typically, I guess, textbook, you know, stereotype think of as great weather, move into a place that has a reputation for rainy and dreary. And, you know, she absolutely loved it. So um, obviously, or I gotta, I gotta get get out to Oregon more often. Apparently, I'm missing something. Yeah, I mean, you, you truly do get a nice mix of, uh, you know, different, different types of weather. Uh, whereas, you know, uh, at least in my experience, being from Texas, um, it's hot, hotter and and then you know whatever uh intense storm shows up (laughs) the american shoreline podcast network and coastalnewstoday.com are brought to you by lja engineering with 28 offices along the gulf coast the folks at lja engineering are at the top of the craft in the areas of coastal restoration coastal infrastructure rivers and channels numerical modeling disaster recovery and design and construction oversight be sure to check out their brand new coastal resilience department headed up by aspn's own peter ravella find them at lja.com be sure to subscribe to the Coastal News Today Daily Blast newsletter at coastalnewstoday.com for daily updates on the events and news that shape the coastal discussion. Want to support the discussion and promote your company? We have sponsorship packages available now. Email me to learn more at chloe at coastalnewstoday.com. That's C-H-L-O-E at coastalnewstoday.com. Hope to hear from you and enjoy the show. So, uh, Marissa, why don't, we, why don't we learn a little bit uh, about you? Sure. Um... You know, not much to know. I'm the young one in the group. So I uh, have a bachelor's and master's in ocean engineering from the University of Rhode Island. I only finished that in 2017. And since then, I've been working at the Cold Regions Research and Engineering Laboratory in New Hampshire. Um, This lab is part of the U.S. Army Corps Engineer Research and Development Center, so one of the seven labs within the URDIC. There's a lot of acronyms in the government, and at one point they did send us a PDF with all of the acronyms that we would need to know, and yes, it was 400 pages long, so (laughs) that was fun. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So I've been there, you know, for three and a half, almost four years now, and I'm just a research general engineer, mainly because I'm the only coastal person or coastal focused person at Krell. Um, I'm hoping to, you know, bring that expertise, bring that knowledge, bring those research interests um, and make it more ingrained in Krell, especially since uh, we're really focused in Alaska um, and the Arctic regions, they're becoming more and more of a research focus and interest. And I'm hoping to expand out into that area, getting more involved with cold coastlines. 
Um, so, I mean, in my day to day, um, I am a modeler. I don't leave my computer. I'm coding something in whatever language I'm working on high performance computing systems. I'm doing title modeling. I do um, some numerical wave modeling as well. Very limited experiences with field work. Um, you know, that used to be, I used to be just fine with that. But after a year or so of being uh, kind of cooped up, I'm looking to escape out, venture out, maybe get some fields work in there. Love to go and visit and, and attend the ASBPA conference in person in October or September, rather. So that would be fun. Um, but yeah, you'll just, you'll find me behind a computer screen for the mo- for most of the time. And it's, that's interesting. One of the more, I guess, fascinating uh, talks that I've ever attended was when I was a grad student at, at University of Florida. And uh, Bill McDougall came as a visiting professor from, I think, Oregon State and gave this presentation, which blew my mind, about artificial islands uh, off the coast of Alaska um, related to energy, um, oil extraction. And and I was just the the differences, you know, it's all coastal engineering, it's all coastal processes, but, you know, how the difference that ice makes and how ice interplays with shoreline erosion and also can protect the shoreline and just like the whole, you know, an element that I had never thought of, you know, as a coastal engineer, um, it really just blew, it blew my mind. So it's, it must be kind of interesting, you know, working at the cold regions uh, lab there thinking about coastal projects. Yeah, it's a, it's a different component that I never had to think about or look up equations for until I started working here. So there is like a good sea ice team um, working on some particle type um, sea ice modeling using satellite imagery, kind of getting a feel for the Arctic. Um, I think the Coastal and Hydraulics Lab, CHL, also part of the URTIC, does most of the strict coastal stuff. Um, But we do have that sea ice expertise up here that make us a critical component when working working in the cold regions, for sure. Cool. So what do you you like to do, Marissa, when you're not uh, behind a computer uh, modeling something? Ooh, you mean that elusive free time that... uh... That we think that we, we have. have. Yeah, right? Yeah. Um, let's see. When I'm not behind a computer, I really enjoy crafting. Um, so if it's rainy like it is today or if it's cold in New Hampshire, which it usually is most of the year, um, I like to just kind of keep my hands busy. Um, I'll, I've learned how to knit uh, when I was in the fifth grade. I've been knitting ever since. Uh, I've switched to crocheting more frequently now. It's just easier. Um my most recent endeavor, which I'm excited to make a more um, sustainable type of, of project, is this process called plarning or plarn. So it's um, a combination of plastic and yarn. I make, uh, I make this plastic yarn out of grocery bags. So I'll take those uh, grocery bags that you can't recycle, don't want to throw away, you don't want to see a turtle with a plastic bag around its head. So you kind of cut it up into strips and I kind of, you um, 
kind of not stitch them together, but like combine them together to make one long um, skein of of this plastic yarn. And I use that to crochet like a tote bag uh, for carrying to the beach or to your local farmer's market when we can go back to farmer's markets. And recently I made like a smaller circular um, across the body, like shoulder bag kind of thing for my friend. And so far, so good. I really enjoy it and it makes it fun. It makes it sustainable. You don't have to throw it away. I like the idea of upcycling. So that's kind of something that I've gotten really into um, when I have the time to sit down and do it. Um, otherwise, I'd like to be outdoors when it's sunny. Uh, I tend, I like to backpack in the White Mountains a lot uh, over the weekends, um, go kayaking down the Connecticut River, just kind of being outside. Um, I've picked up cycling recently, and that's been that's been fun. Very hilly up here, though, so it's uh, it's been a good workout for sure. Um, so, what about um, what about you guys? What do you like to do in your in your downtime? Um, well, so I guess I'll go. Um, I love to go camping, and you know, again in Oregon, uh, it's it when you're in the right season, camping is so great here. Um, it's so beautiful, and um, just the natural environment is is incredible. Um, I also really like to paint with my kids: uh, watercolor, acrylic, um, pastels. You know basically anything that we can get creative with. Um, and they s tend to think that I'm really a pretty good painter. I'm definitely not, but I appreciate their enthusiasm. Um, and basically for the last year, I've really started honing in on my gardening skills. <laughs> so so that's been a lot of fun. What about you, John? Well, I uh, in exactly 14 days, I will have two teenagers. So in my spare time, I enjoy driving them all around. Uh, I think that my profession, I should have been an Uber driver. I think there's a, a business opportunity for like teen Uber or something like that. Just, you know, just driving kids around in the neighborhood from spot to spot, because it seems like that's all I'm doing all the time. And I do it for free. So I'm thinking if I could charge, you know, a couple bucks a ride, uh, I could actually retire um, from my, my day job. And uh you know, live on a nice beach as opposed to studying them. But um, actually, what I what I what I really enjoy is uh, I enjoy sports. I've always been involved in sports in one way, shape, or form. So uh, both my kids uh, play soccer and basketball. Um, and in particular, I'm really interested in basketball. I love basketball, and uh, I coach my son's basketball team, and actually uh, run the uh, uh, the basketball program in town, our travel basketball program. So. Between that and what I do for work, uh, that pretty much eats up all of my time. Outside of that, there's not much spare time to go around, but uh, it's all fun. It's all worth it. So That's fair. So you have two, uh, you got twins? No, I actually have a, well, soon to be 13-year-old boy and a 15-year-old girl. Um, I see. That one scares the crap out of me, but uh, you know we'll figure. We learned that we figured that one <laughs> as out. She as, uh, yes, as she should. Yes, I, I grew up with a younger brother, so uh, you know definitely know nothing about teenage girls. Uh, so we're kind of learning learning on the fly. But uh, no, I have I have great kids, so you know they're 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 super easy uh, to take care of. So um, good kids too. So uh, it's fun. It's rewarding. Um, it's exhausting, but it's it's rewarding. Nice. 
I have two cats. <laughs> cats can be exhausting too. <laughs> yeah, right. One of them's a little derp, you know. She like she just likes to put stuff in her mouth that shouldn't be in her mouth, and she'll drag it around the apartment. I'm like, why are you doing that? You know, she did that with my succulents, and we had we didn't have a good time that day. But um, you know, baby cats. What are you gonna do? Yeah, so I, I guess I'll jump in since uh, just to, to a little bit about my actual professional background and just kind of talk about that for a second. I'm a research uh, associate professor in coastal engineering um, at, a, at a school called Stevens Institute of Technology. It's a, a small engineering school, mixture of grad students and undergrad students in uh, Hoboken, New Jersey. So uh, I'm, I was born and raised in New Jersey. So I've lived in New Jersey my entire life. Well, with the exception of graduate school and um in a year I spent in Australia actually studying uh, coastal engineering, but ultimately uh, came back to Stevens um, where I head up our, our coastal engineering research group. Um, so uh, it's one of the reasons I wanted to jump in here and, and do this uh, podcast, um, you know, being so close and in touch with uh, students that, you know, are involved with the student and new professionals group and with our student chapter, um, but just more generally, uh, bringing in new students to grad school, uh, sending off freshly minted grad students back out into industry, um, just kind of understanding all of the uh, difficulties, challenges that they face. And again, how intimidating it can be. I thought, um, you know, what better way to, uh, you know, give back than to contribute to something like this where we can uh, hopefully, uh, you know, make those transitions much easier and, uh, uh, you know, hopefully make it a little bit entertaining at the same time. So at, at this point, some of you may, may be asking yourself, uh, you know, that you know, how did this old guy get involved with the, the student and new professionals group? And uh, is that group for him? Um, and so I just wanted to take a minute to, to, to address that, um, you know, certainly as a, as a, as a professor, um, you know, I, I deal with students on a, on a daily basis. So I'm very um, in touch and tune with the, the issues that they face and the, the, the questions that they have as they, you know, as they go through their graduate studies and even undergraduate and kind of look for jobs in industry. Um, you know, I think one of the reasons that I got involved with the student and young professionals group is I feel like that I have a lot to give back um, based off of my perspective, um, based off of, you know, having those, those interactions, having had those interactions at conferences and having had those interactions with students and the companies that might hire them, um, knowing people and being able to interface kind of between those two worlds. Um, you know, I think hopefully my, my perspective is something valuable that I can contribute and give back to the, the student and young professionals group. And um, I don't know, Heather, how, how do you feel? Is that something, you know, you feel the same way? Yeah, uh, I definitely feel that way. Um, I, I think I mentioned earlier, you know, I'm in this kind of strange place where I'm both a practitioner and a student. But from, you know, the practitioner side, I really enjoy being part of this chapter um, because I get to provide, I guess, that perspective of, of, you know, what it means to go from university to um, uh, some type of uh, practicing environment, whether that's state government or a private firm or something like that. Um, I also do teach at the university um, uh, when I can. <laughs> and, uh, it's also one of, 
those places where I get to talk about these organizations and, for example, the student and new professionals chapter and how those things can help students who are interested in this kind of work. And I really like that you brought up this idea of giving back because um, I, I, at least in my experience, you know, didn't, I don't think I didn't get a lot of encouragement to go into this coastal profession. And so it, it's really um, rewarding to be able to encourage students and show them, you know, these are the things you can do and how you can take your passion and bring it to the coast and um, really show them that, that, you know, we need more professionals in our, in our professions. So, so Heather, something that you just said that, that really kind of hit home with me was, you know, the idea of uh, being encouraged to go into, you know, a field like coastal planning or coastal engineering. Um, you know, personally for me as a, as a, as a person with an undergraduate degree in civil engineering, I got pushed to do all sorts of things, um, design bridges, um, design buildings. And, you know, really I, I had to try to convince myself. I feel like I was like the lone voice in the woods, you know, screaming like, Hey, is, is coastal engineering? Okay. Is this, is this a profession that I can be successful at? Um, and you know, I, you know, I think this group provides, um, you know, a, a, a resource for people that may be questioning, having that same struggle, you know, internal struggle. Um, you know, there's a whole bunch of us out there doing this and making successful careers at coastal policy, coastal planning, coastal engineering. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, I think that's the, the, the real takeaway with this, this group is that, you know, there's, there's no age limit. Um, there's no, there's no restriction. Nobody's ever asked me, you know, you know, you're too old. You can't be a part of this group. It's, you know, as long as you have something to contribute to the group and, you know, hopefully I do, um, with my perspective and my experience, um, giving back to the group, but, you know, certainly there, you know, if you have something that you can, you can, you can earn, you can gain from the group, you know, you have, uh, use it as a resource, um, you know, to help you as your, your career starts. I think that's, that, that's the whole point. So, uh, I think it's important to know that the student and, and new professionals group is open to all. It's not age restricted or anything like that. And, you know, I think we have a lot to offer. So, you know, hopefully um, the group just grows and we get more and more uh, professionals into the industry. Um, we have a lot of issues and problems uh, due to sea level rise and uh, coastal cities getting, you know, larger and larger. Um, these problems are not going to go away. So it's important we get more young people into the profession on, from all aspects, from the science side, the engineering side, the planning side, the uh, policy side, um, it's all going to be very relevant. So, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, Heather's, you, you have some sense of some of the important topics that we're going to, we're going to cover with this podcast as we move forward. Yeah, for sure. And so, um, you know, we've kind of alluded to this throughout the, the episode, but this podcast is really for all things coastal science and policy and, and specifically for emerging coastal professionals. Um, and, you know, as the hosts came together and, and explored, you know, what this podcast would look like, uh, we came up with a list of themes that we will use to guide the podcast. Uh, this includes things like highlighting student research, policy and planning issues, making transitions into the coastal profession, coastal engineering issues, professional development, career paths, upcoming events and other hot topics of interest. Um, one of the things that uh, 
someone asked me was, um, you know, well, how's this podcast going to be different from the other uh, podcasts on the uh, uh, network? And so, um, you know, kind of after reflecting on that, um, I do think that this podcast is different um, because it does touch on various themes that uh, will be of interest to emerging coastal professionals. Uh, most of the the podcasts on the network seem to have, you know, mostly kind of a central theme. Uh, in contrast, ours will change it up from episode to episode to keep it fresh and relevant to the next generation of coastal professionals and academics. Marissa, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, Heather, you kind of hit it um, hit it home there. I mean, we can um, expect kind of a flavor of different aspects of all things coastal, keeping it coastal related um, in, in a variety of different ways. So I do hope that, you know, you guys, uh, everybody finds it interesting. Um, this is going to be a fun experience. I'm excited to be working with you guys. We only like all just got together and met and had a chat a few weeks ago and we're just, just dipping our toes into the water, but I think this will be a lot of fun and I'm excited to learn more about what's happening in the coastal community across the nation. I'm excited to get different perspectives and also um, one of our larger themes that John and Heather have been harping on is, is the giving back. And I think that this podcast would help that effort. It's, it's, mission is more geared towards um, giving back to the coastal community and helping steer and guide and just give general advice or random bits of information to aspiring coastal engineers and keeping that field alive because we definitely need it because we'll all be underwater very soon and the ocean is scary but beautiful and we love it and that's why we're here. So with that, thank you guys. Um, this has been a lot of fun. Um, I do, Heather, if you want to share your social media with folks, I know John mentioned his earlier, but what is yours? Oh yeah, I'd be happy to do that. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Coastal Planner. And then on Instagram, you can follow me at coastal.planner. So those are pretty simple. Um, happy to have followers and, and uh, our listeners can also look me up on LinkedIn or even on academia.edu. Um, I will maybe make a coastal professional related social media account, but until then, stay tuned. And you can also find me on LinkedIn if you're curious. You know, you don't have to. That's, that's your choice. Thanks, everyone, for listening in to the inaugural uh, episode of the Going Coastal podcast. It's been great uh, having this initial conversation with my co-hosts, and we just want to take some time to thank Coastal News Today and American Shoreline Podcast Network team um, who have, have really helped us get this off the ground and running, and then, of course, the ASBPA. And so with that, um, we will talk to you guys next time. Mm -hmm.